Welcome to the College Wealth Podcast, the ultimate financial guide to help you understand your financial stresses and how to build from it. Your lessons won't be in class, and your projects can either save you or earn you money. We host episodes three times a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to help you reach your financial freedom. Now let's get started with your host, Owen Parody. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. 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 <laughs> my name is Owen Parody, and I'm your host for the College Wealth Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, William Goulet. How are you doing, William? I'm doing good. Pleasure to be here. On this wow, you, fi- you finally answered my question on the first try there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was almost, almost going to say pleasure to be here first as well, but uh, hey, <laughs> no one's looking to get fired in a pandemic. No, no. <laughs> But I'm happy to have you here. We're going to be talking about something very interesting, something that well, we were talking for a good, what, 20 minutes, even before the podcast itself. Mm-hmm. But should have hit record. Yeah, we should have hit record, exactly. Yeah. So we're, today we're going to be talking about uh, how to become more employable. Nice. And this, this is for anyone in general, but it's for anyone who's also, like for people who are looking at becoming a graduating university college or anything like that because quite frankly both William and I ended up graduating in the last few years so we went through it ourselves guilty as charged <laughs> yeah so it's very interesting and i think we had this statistic given uh, said in one of our first episodes when you were here Okay. How many graduates, what is the percentage of graduates do you think that actually use their degree nowadays? Oh, crap. <laughs> do you remember this? Uh, I remember the question, not the number. Jeez. Uh, I, I give up stat, man. What is it? <laughs> 41%. 41 that use their degree. No, 41% that don't use their degree. 41 don't. Okay. Yeah. That so this 59 is. 59 do. Yes. So that's uh, according to Inside Hired. So really interesting statistic. And of course, we don't necessarily know the background behind it. Some people, they just can't get a job in the field that they went to school for. Some of them just don't enjoy it. So there's a lot of different factors to it. Yeah. And of course, a big factor to it as well is employability. Mm, Well, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're right. Just leaving aside the whole aspect of, you know, people are studying this field, but they were never able to actually do it until they graduate. Well, no, that's exactly it. So if you're in a position that you don't necessarily know what your job market's going to be like, it's not going to be, it's not necessarily going to be easy for you to figure that out later on. That's no one's hiring for whatever position. You know, there's, there are multiple rotations of that. Back when I was in high school, everyone was looking for a teaching job. Yes, that's uh, true. It was we were like completely full, and now there's like I don't know. Is there more demand or less demand? Who knows? It, it shifts all the time. Yeah, well, there is a huge cycle with that. That was around when we were in high school, and there was a huge demand yeah. for teachers. And I, if I'm not mistaken, and this is just me from what I've seen in my recent videos that I've been watching on YouTube, apparently there's a lot of issues with getting or not getting teachers, but keeping teachers because they're moving to other positions. Wow. So like moving like upwards laterally, just changing fields. Oh, wow. So I'm not, I'm not an expert in this field, so I don't want to get into that too much there, but there's a lack of teachers. Interesting. 
Yeah, it is very much interesting. And this is actually a statistic that I found from CNBC. Statman. Yes, <laughs> Statman number two. <laughs> what would you say is a percentage of fluctuation from entry-level jobs in 2020? What do you mean fluctuation? So the variation from 2019 to 2020, the oh. percentage of new entry-level jobs that have come around. Oh, I was thinking it'd go, it'd go minus, but I imagine there might be more. You think there's going to be more? I, I, I think there might be a chance, despite it all, businesses still got to keep going. People okay. are seeing opportunity. Let's say an uptick of like 3%. Well, you're wrong. It actually went down significantly. No. Okay. It went down 68%. Oh. Yeah. So entry-level jobs are down 68% in 2020. Well, that's what ends up happening. Employability. And that's a big, big thing overall. What a segue. Well, that's what it... Yeah. So... It's a lot harder to find a qualified workforce, someone who has, let's say, their CPA and they have 20 years of experience or something. It's a lot harder to replace that person versus someone who's just starting out. Honestly, yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a sad reality. Yeah, and but, when you're out of school, you know, we were talking a little bit about importance and this is one of the employable factors but importance of uh, well the pros and cons of working while you're in high school and maybe yep. during school as well yep that's one of the factors of employability if you're if you're well let's say people say green yep. that's like when you buy an empty land and you build from from nothing yep um, when you're green that's one of the biggest learning curve is and they gotta spend more money on training stuff like that for just sure. to get you up to speed right no and that's exactly it so that's exactly why the, the job market's been down 68% for entry-level positions. But that's in 2020. That's yeah. not in 2021. That was, again, oh. like I said, from CNBC. Do you have 2021 numbers? I unfortunately do not. Okay, okay. There's no numbers specifically in regards to 2021. But the market is recovering, so I'd assume that this year there's going to be that. But it's going to be in, like even more wild to see, considering that a lot of students had online learning. No. So, well. <laughs> it's, I mean, I mean, it's not. I'm not discrediting the. I'm not discrediting the students. It'll be interesting to see what employers say. Right. With with this type of education right now. Yeah, and you know, one of the things is when you're doing distance learning. I've been hearing a lot that people are, you know, attendance has taken a a, a, a skyfall. Let's say it's you're you got uh, you have to have a lot more independence, and you also have to be a lot more self motivated. Right, right. If you just got reluctantly pushed into a degree, and you have to do it distance learning, for sure, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So, and it's really really interesting because I ended up finding a last little bit of statistics in regards to. Student perceptions, yeah. Student perception versus employer perception on the qualifications of a student. Wow. And it's actually, it was actually very interesting. It's on uh, BBC, so the British Broadcasting Channel. Okay. They ended up getting some statistics in regards to what the percentage of students think of themselves versus how employers perceive them. And 62% of students seen that they were really good 
they were good with communication versus employers said 28% of them believe. Oh. Yeah. And when it came to working with numbers, 55% of students said they were good in regards to 28% with employers. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God, that's, that's rough. And then like the, there's a whole slew of them, honestly. Teamwork was 64%. Uh, employers said 37%. Uh-huh. Applying knowledge and skills, 59% of students said they were good. Employers said 23% of them. Oh, that's the, that's the, the hardest worst. one. Yeah. yeah, the worst one. And the last one was solving complex problems. And 59% of students said they were good versus employers saying 24% of them were good. Oh, my God. So employers aren't getting satisfied with, with, with who they're getting. So that's exactly the caption for this. It wasn't the article, but for this section of the article itself, it was literally calling it glass half full or half empty. And they're saying that there's a big bridge between employers' employers' expectations versus the reality and a student's expectations and their reality. And they're two polar opposites. Well, I know that there's a lot of companies that invest in um, in programs where they get someone straight out of school and they commit <laughs> a year, two years, and they'll say, you know what, we're going to make a hero out of you. It sounds and, like someone from experience is saying this. Yeah, you know, I, I, have, <laughs> I have a thought or two on, on those programs. I mean, the, and, you know, basically, they're basically investing in you. No worse, than, no better than sending you in school or saying, all right, come work, yeah. come work in our business. We understand that you might not be the most productive asset, but you're learning, right? And you're going yes, to grow that's it. into something else. And that's, that's quite the investment, honestly. And when you talk about employability, they get you through a program like this. Once you're out of there, I mean, you know, you look wonderful. Let's say that. Well, no, that's exactly the point of it is to try and make you more diverse and more employable at the end of the day. Like, yeah. For them, it helps them out with their position. They're able to tailor you to exactly what they want. And also, if you have a really good company, you're able to have, they'll help you in whatever you're enjoying the most of yeah. in whatever area, and you're able to work with it. And that's actually something amazing. Like I honestly think like both a lot of my friends and family have said the position that you got was like, wow, that's actually cool it's 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 very special it's a special kind of opportunity uh it has its challenges but i mean in terms of growth i mean i compare myself to who i was you know a year ago uh compared to like work ethics and work getting involved and and that's sort of one of the things that i developed is initiative and enhanced communication sort of yeah but even then think about it Neither you or I are actually still in our first position that we were in. Like the first job that we ended up getting out of university, we're not, we're no longer in that position. I'm actually on my third job. Oh, number three. (laughs) It is. Yes. Well, and that's the thing, right? And we're in a different market too, where before you'd have people who'd make careers out of their first job. Yep. For sure. You get out of school or you get out of high school and you work for a company and you're there for 45 years. And, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. But now we're getting with a much more mobile 
mobile world and we get access to information with internet. So we get to look at all these different possibilities of what could be. Yep. And, you know, we're dreamers basically. Well, no, that's exactly it. And that's probably the one thing I have to go and clarify. I'm on my third job or my third career at the moment. And it's not because I got fired or I, <laughs> I'm going to knock on wood on this one here. I'd hire but, you. <laughs> well, thank you. But that's it. There, it was just me looking out for opportunities and everything and looking for, yeah, to better myself. And yeah. So, and it's also something you can bring to the company as well. You look at that compatibility, yep. very important, right? Yeah. And maybe that's another piece that I'd like to touch on is not only see if how the the the, per, the place you're applying to could help you, but also see yourself, where could you help them? And if yep. you're looking at it from that aspect and it's both ways, it's here's what I can do for you. You guys can do this for me and you know we get along and you pay me this amount of money and I'll be happy to show up every day. Then, uh, yep. you know, if you look at it from that aspect, very beneficial. Yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. And it works both ways. And so we're going to talk a little bit about exactly the topic of this episode on how to become more employable. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And a lot of people don't take advantage of these resources that are available to them. Available to them and they're actually free. It's free. Yeah. I like it. I like so, it. <laughs> one of our buddies is going to like this one. We're going to say it there. But the first thing I got to say is you got to get yourself out there. And the biggest way, especially in the middle of a pandemic, throw yourself on LinkedIn. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. yeah. I had to, I had to put it as number one because that, that honestly helped me out a lot for the position that I have right now. Right. And you're able to connect with a lot of people and you, it's just insane. The repertoire of people that you can meet. Yeah. And it's just being able to create your profile on there and have your resume on there. And it's not just copy paste your resume on there, but actually have your positions laid out and structured, have a paragraph describing what you did, how it was important, have some numbers on there. Numbers are really important. You speak volumes. Yeah, exactly. If you're able to have a visual, like a volume of that sense of the achievement that you had, then you'll be able to go and stand out from everyone else instead of saying, well, I, I led a team or yeah. I'm a team leader. You could say, well, I led a team uh, expand or grow 15% over the next year. Yeah, honestly. that sounds a lot better. And maybe just to touch on LinkedIn a little bit, I was yeah. making a mistake back when I was in school and uh, me and our friend in common here went <laughs> yes. back and forth uh, and I just couldn't wrap my head around some of the benefits around LinkedIn, right? I For was sure. always thinking uh, this it's year's online. like you, you add your friend and what you're adding people that you don't know. Yeah. It's not what it is. It's, it's, you see people that are like, wow, this would be a cool contact to know. You put yourself out there. You say, Here's who I can be. Who can you be to me? And if it clicks, you get together, you have a few chats and see where, see what you can offer, what they can offer. And it's just that mutual benefit, right? Well, no, that's exactly it. Yeah, exactly that. And anyone that you feel is in the industry that you're interested in, you can connect with them and you're bound to have some people who are interested in talking to you. Right. It's exactly like, well, it's almost like giving a cold call. You call 200 people while well, only 25 or 50 of them end up answering. 
well, of those 50 people, there's only 20 of them that end up being interested. And then at the end of the day, you end up talking to 10 of them. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of how it works. I know for a fact on LinkedIn, I have, I'm not as big as he is there, but I, I think I got 1200 connections on LinkedIn. Yeah, but I've been at it for the last little while there. You're a lot more dedicated than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I say the power of LinkedIn. It was, yeah. it was really important. I had it structured and everything. And mm-hmm. like I said, LinkedIn is free and doesn't cost you anything to connect with anyone unless you end up having people who you can only connect, like, speak to people if you connect with them. Mm. And you'd have to have the premium membership if you want to speak to people without connecting with them. Right. And you can have X amount of communications that way. It's really weird, but well, you can always get started for free. Well, exactly. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is the importance of updating your resume Mm. and your high school resume will not suffice. (laughs) It's, it's being honest here. The high school resume that you were taught in 10th grade, how to do is not going to be good enough to, uh, to appeal to employers. Well, maybe if I could just touch on that for sure. Um, for some jobs, it'll be perfect. Uh, you know, it's the perfect format. Uh, you can sort of see a difference. Let's say you, you say you're, uh, an architect. Well, then your resume is going to need to be this whole portfolio of things that you've done in the past and visual. Let's see what I did. Whereas let's say if you apply it, maybe a, a supervision job of, uh, as a night guard or something like that, maybe you don't need as many as many well you definitely don't need projects all this stuff that you've no but you do need solid descriptions right well no that's what i was going to try and get to is your (laughs) the content inside of it is going to be different than what you had in high school right right because in high school you don't necessarily have that much experience and hopefully by the time you finish college and this also applies to people who have graduated but you have some form of experience. If you haven't gotten yourself a job, then it's not the end of the world. You can replace it with volunteer work, which is actually an awesome way to stand out, by the way, if you yes. want to add volunteer work that you've done. Or if and, you ever run or sell your own stuff, a different business that you started. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That, that, that actually stands out quite a bit. Yeah. And so that that's one of those big things add your mostly recent work but also add your degree at the top because mm. you're also impo- uh, pointing out that you have that you have that experience and you also have your diploma or your degree but yep. the interesting thing is this is from experience once you have yourself more than one job after you graduated your degree should not be at the top. It should be your work experience. Mm. Because when it's most relevant at the top, right? Well, yeah, it's what stands out. So as a new grad, of course you want your, (laughs) of course you want your degree at the top, but someone who's got relevant work experience, what would you say is more important? The degree or the relevant work experience? You're right. The work, the work. Exactly. And so you put the work experience at the top afterwards and you'd be able to stand out a lot easier because on average, if I'm not mistaken, HR professionals will spend no more than 20 seconds, 15, 20 seconds on your resume. 
Oh, I, I've heard the ones that got a huge pile. They're, they're like seven, seven seconds. Oh, for sure. Skin, you better have something to, to, to get their attention. Otherwise, I remember, yeah. I remember hearing a story just from other HR people, not for not them doing it there, but saying like some bad cases that they've heard. Some people, it's like, well, I got to hire someone. I'm just going to go and pull it out of this pile. See if, uh, look at it. All right, call them up for an interview. Okay, you got the job. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, but going back to what we were saying, it ties up really well on LinkedIn. You end up speaking to a recruiter or something. I know that our buddy did a lot of that. I did a lot of that too. And that's how I got the job that I got right now. Speaking to a lot of recruiters. And mm. the more you get to know them, they can keep an eye out for you when a new position shows up. And then it's awesome because they're there and they can say, well, hey, I found, I know the perfect person for this. And at the same time, they get their commission or whatever. So they're, they're incentivized to go and reach out to you and everything if you're the right fit. And, and I think another great point that you're saying about LinkedIn is you get to see where their job is and there's a focus on where their job is now so let's say someone maybe a recruiter that you met two years ago maybe they yeah. just joined a company that you're that you, you're dying to work for or something like that right oh for sure and, and all of a sudden this person that you got along with you described all your capabilities now all of a sudden they, they can they can they can put your the foot in the door for you well no that's exactly it you're creating connections that way yeah and that's Another point that I have to talk about, it was going to be my last point, but it works out either way, is to network. Jump on any opportunity that you can to network with people, networking events. And I know during the pandemic, it sucks there aren't as many, but there's online events going on right now. You can connect with people. You can network, create an edu- uh, not create, but take part in educations that you, that you wouldn't learn from school. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. Just some tutorials that you've done. LinkedIn has some learning, some classes that you can take for free. There's some Google learning as well that you can take for free. Google's also trying to push just to, for people to take their classes instead of going to school altogether. Wow. And their classes are free. Wow. Yeah. So it's really, if you're able to stand out and take those courses, that are outside of school, it shows the drive and dedication that you have to actually stand out. And that perception from the employers is going to help you out a lot. Yeah. And there, there, there's opportunities. If you want to develop a skill, you don't necessarily have to go to school for it, right? No, for sure. There's plenty of online learning that you're able to take on. And let's say you want to learn the basics of Photoshop. Okay. Well, how about you do a Google search, how to Photoshop? Maybe it'll link you to a YouTube video. Yep. Go on there, practice one or two things, and then you just get to keep adding on to it. You know, whatever interests you, go for it. No, that's it. No, I agree 100%. That's totally true. And you can definitely see that you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to be able to take part in this type of knowledge. Some of the best, some of the best coders out there and programmers aren't even aren't even educated in terms of college degrees or anything like that. Right. So they have a passion and they go for it. That's it. So it kind of ties into our last, our last point here. And I I have to be upfront with this. I kind of have to 
put the hammer down on this one. You need to know your self-worth. It's really important to know that you're worth more. You're worth more than what you think, but it's also important to not be too picky. Your first job or your first job in the field is going to establish is going to establish your future. Yeah, and it's foundational knowledge. That's right? exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so don't sell yourself short for that job that you want exactly and you're going to go and uh, put everything away and just go for that one position that might even be out of your reach and you get turned down just to be at ground zero again looking for another position. And once you get an entry-level position, um, maybe you want it to be a little bit higher than where you are, but take it on fully. Yeah. Be be, Be the best entry-level employee you can be and people notice that's for sure that's exactly you it. Notice it you connect with the people uh, online what is the, you know wherever you might connect with people you update your resume to reflect your outstanding performance yep. and don't you worry that next job's right ahead of you well that's exactly it and to the people who are looking to transition to a new career you can leverage that that work experience that you have to your advantage and you can tie that into your work no matter how much you want. Like I, I started off in the marketing field. I'm now in the financial field. And right. I was able to tie all that in and sell it to when I transferred from marketing to finances for my second position. And so when I transferred my second to third position, it was even easier because I already had that financial background. I can't wait to see where you're going to be on. <laughs> well, we don't know where we're going to be, but uh, same for you. I'm actually really interested to see, but I think you're going to be a loyal employee. I don't know. Part of me believes that, but that's a whole other story and discussion on its own there. It's nothing wrong, by the way. Where, wherever I go, I'm going to be the best darn employee. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. So with that being said, we're going to conclude episode 14 here on how to become more employable. It was a lot of, uh, as jam-packed with information and just knowledge. <laughs> if you this one say. felt good, Owen. It did feel good. I agree. And I will see everyone on the next episode on Friday, or on Monday, I should say. Next week. For, yeah, next week on Monday, where we're going to be not... I, I get it. I keep talking about how I'm going to have uh, the topic, but I'm not going to reveal it. But we're going to be... The only talk- thing that I know is that you're probably excited about it. Like <laughs> I yes, I am. I am excited for it. But it's going to be a good conversation piece nonetheless there. And we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Bye-bye. This has been your daily dose of motivation with the College Wealth Podcast. If you enjoy the show, make sure to leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening. And until the next episode.